there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I am trying to stay awake after rediscovering the Bluebell Christmas cookie ice cream. And I had a huge bowl of it right before we started, which always makes me a little sleepy. So that wasn't really the the brightest idea. I had a slice of pumpkin pie earlier. Ah, man. So that pumpkin has the spices. It kind of wakes you up a little bit, right? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I don't know. I love pumpkin pie. I do too. Samantha's a big fan of pecan. Can't do it. It's got to be pumpkin. Really? Oh man. I, yep. I like pecan pie more. That's, I think that's my favorite pie just across the board. It's almost always delicious unless someone gives you a free one and it's not completely cooked in the middle. That happened to us recently and it was, Ooh. it was really sad. It was really sad. It was like pudding with pecans mixed in, but it was a free pie and we, we couldn't be like, Hey, you, you tried to poison us with a. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the inside of that pie is really, pie is really just like it's like one egg, but like corn syrup and sugar and butter. It's basically caramel and an egg. I think they put it in the oven for approximately I don't know three minutes. <laughs> it's not enough. All right, we will be of course talking about basketball. <clears throat> we had two games on the schedule. Then one game, now two games. We've got some personnel news, uh, a review of the Houston game, which was on Sunday, which was after our last recording, an update on Ken Palm and Hazometric ratings, and the previews for those two basketball games, uh, football, coaching rumors, injury updates, uh, updates on the number of bowl games that have been canceled, which may or may not play into Texas Tech being able to go to a bowl game. Um, look at the final week, well, the final regularly scheduled week of Big 12 football. I think there's going to be one more week before the conference championship game because we had a couple of games canceled. And then, of course, get to you get to the Senior Day Kansas Jayhawk preview. To follow us, keep up with us throughout the week during the games. You can follow the, sh- the podcast, the show at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can find us on Instagram at 23 personnel podcast. Also, if you want to be picking up a hoodie now that the temperature here on the South Plains has dropped into well below hoodie season, check us out teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personnel podcast they are easily the most comfortable hoodie i've ever worn i wear it every day and wash it and wear it and wash it i hope so it's holding up man 
That's good. <laughs> Through all those washes. Yeah, it's doing well. Um, and then you can catch us on the likely final edition of the Rob Bro College Tailgate Show. We haven't <laughs> ironed out the details, but we are going to be on the air this weekend. Um, in a little bit different format, we will still be on 10 to noon, despite the game kicking off at 11, which means you will be getting live instant reaction to, to what's going <laughs> this on. Be, yeah. This could be a crazy train wreck. Uh, you know, I would expect a lot of commentary if, if tech starts out with an onside kick or All a, an early field goal or <laughs> we would burn the studio down. Like <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we, we won't be doing play by play. We'll, we'll have the game up on, on TV and we'll be talking about the game and all that kind of stuff for the final hour of the show. Uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun, a different uh, version or take on, on our usual format there. 10 to noon on KKAM Talk 1340 on the Talk 1340 mobile app on ESP 960 down in San Angelo. I'm Ooh, excited man. for that. Taking care of some business there. You know, I'm excited to just watch some football with other people who like to watch football because my my wife and three-year-old are not as into football as I am. So it'll be kind of nice to, to have that hour with you guys. Yeah. So my wife is is way in, into football, especially Texas Tech. Um, unfortunately, though, she is smack dab in the middle of a master's program. So like <laughs> free time for her is very limited. No such thing. Free time. Yeah. Let's, let's take care of, uh, a, a, what a two month old now. Yeah. He's two and a half, uh, two and a half <laughs> months. But so what she's get our master's degree and all that, Yeah, you know, just some free time, lots of free time. She's working on like reading and taking notes and doing the discussion posts and writing papers and taking tests six feet from me on the couch watching a Texas Tech football game. <laughs> so it's like, she'll like pause what she's doing, watch the game for a second, be like, stop, stop, stop distracting me. Um, so I haven't had all that much of a, I wouldn't say audience because that's not what I'm talking about, but like. No, you need someone to watch you watch a football game. You need someone to watch the game with. You've told me this before. <laughs> um, so, so that, that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, but, like I said, we're going to talk about basketball, football. As you guys know, the wait is over, has been over, is over, will be over for a while. Football's in full effect. Many teams starting their stuff. Our man, Patrick Mahomes, with the 8-1, 9-1 Chiefs. I think he's, I think 9-1 now. 9-1 Chiefs. Up. Dude, he's so many wins. Doing well. Took care of business against the Tom Brady the oh my gosh what are they in tampa bay tampa bay i uh, took care of them this past weekend so as you know you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online head to bet online today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great signup bonuses Bet online, your online sports book experts. Right, Michael, let's talk basketball. Roll it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! It is stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Bowman. Can the crowd strip 
shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into three. Goins who puts it down. Already. Odiasi throws it in. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Got clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Colbert got the separation. Oh, big shot. Woo! Step it up big time. Dagger. Colbert with the dish. Odiasse. And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new Breaking news this morning, right before lunch, I believe, Texas Tech announces, confirms that Joel and Tomboy has left the program. What's up with that, man? Yeah, after just that whole saga of not being granted eligibility from UNLV and there being the gigantic conspiracy theory that, well, it's because Chris Beard almost let his Whataburger get cold in... Las Vegas before coming to Lubbock and then came to Lubbock with a worn green chili double. But anyway, I, I don't Ugh. know if I don't know what to think of it. It, it kind of throws me off. I mean, how can you tell three games into the season how much you're going to play or not going to play unless a coach maybe specifically tells you that, um, you know, the official release I saw it from Carlos Silva on Twitter with the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. I'm sure it's other places too, but I saw it with Carlos and, you know, Beard said, we appreciate Joel's contributions to our basketball program. We wish Joel the best in the future. I'll personally be pulling for him to succeed in his next step. It's just, he played three games, but he was here for like a well year for a, yeah, well <laughs> over a year. Yeah. And, um, I I don't get it. I'm sure there's maybe some other things we don't know and may never know. But uh, but there could have been something. It, you know, we also saw what do we see? Personal reasons. What's best for his family? I'm not sure where he's from, where he's got to go back to. But just kind of interesting timing to be so early in the in the season. Yeah, th- I I've heard things related to him getting another opportunity to go professional and some kind of package deal with his younger brother, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who was down to basically the NBA G league or Texas tech this summer 
chose to go the professional route. Uh, for a while this summer, we weren't sure if Ntamu was going to come back to, to Texas Tech. He did. Played the three games. Um, but he will no longer be with Texas Tech. Um, what, I, what I found interesting, though, was Texas Tech had obviously been aware of this and was ready for it because when they had the, the release ready to go. But at the time they announced it, I was going to pull some some stats together, give like, okay, here's in Tomboy's, his three games worth of stats, and it was gone. His presence on the team, Texas Tech team basketball website, gone. It was a 404. Um, and in the roster, it goes number 23, Tabuzo Agbo, to number 25, Namari Burnett, and and Tomboy Ward, number 24. So he was removed fairly quickly. Uh, wishing well, if, whether that's moving on to pursue something else or some kind of pro- professional aspirations. Good luck. Um, I think as much as we were looking forward to seeing Joel play this year, uh, one thing I think we've been fairly consistent in saying is this may be one of the most talented and deep teams Chris Beard has had. Um, he was probably the second tallest player on the team outside of Goldine, who's seven foot one. Uh, I think Nintambo uh, was six eight, but you will miss that that length um, down low. But you know, with the talent and depth on this team, those minutes will get spread around, um, and you'll go from a twelve man rotation right now to eleven. And I don't know how much you'll actually feel that difference until yeah, especially when McCuller comes back, it'll just it'll go roll back right up. back to normal. But it, you know, I'm trying not to be bitter with the aspect of him taking up a scholarship spot for two years and playing three games. Um, I mean, I, I hope there's a good reason for all of it and it's really none of my business, but try not to be bitter about that, about taking up a scholarship <laughs> from someone who wants to be here and who wants to play here for two years. So I, I wonder if that, uh, that scholarship is, is freed up to where Benson can go back on scholarship because Benson was on scholarship last season. Yeah. That's right. I believe he was. And Benson's the only player on this, on the roster this year that isn't on scholarship. So I think if you can move the, those scholarship dollars around midterm, which I don't know the, uh, the technicalities of that, then you can put everybody back on scholarship. You can reward Benson for, for his continued support, not his support, but his, uh, his commitment um, and his just contribution to the team. Um, yeah, that pretty, would be the thing yeah. to do. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, you played Houston this weekend. The Cougars in Fort Worth did not go well. At least early Thanks, on. Thanks, man. Uh, so I was I was driving during the first half of this game. And I was listening to it. I was when I checked in. I was like, okay, so it sounds like Houston. Like they didn't read a score for a while. And it was kind of frustrating. But then like it was like a 16 point lead for Houston. I was like, Ooh, what's going on? <laughs> and, uh, the more we got into the game, it was like every shot that tech took was, was way off the mark. Uh, Houston couldn't miss at that time. Um, there were just some, some foul trouble there at the end of the first half, whatever. I mean, it was, it was rough going the first, first, uh, what 30 minutes of the game. Um, Texas tech was yeah, able to, much. to start coming back. They, they like, 
completely flipped the script on Houston for what, like eight minutes or whatever, or 12, I don't know. There's a good stretch of, of game in the second half where Houston did not score a point. Like it wasn't just, they didn't score a field goal. They didn't score a point for a long stretch of the game that allowed Texas Tech to chip in the lead at what at one point was 22 points. And I think they got it down to nine or six. So they made like a, a yeah, it may have a, been eight, eight, maybe a minute. Okay. About the closest I remember. Yeah. So they got it down within eight and I think it was like eight points within what, like three or four minutes left in the game, which at that point you're like, you're back in this. You, you, you've still got plenty of time to make a run. Even if Houston uh, is able to start scoring again, eight points is not that much to overcome. I mean, that, that, that's a couple of possessions. It's a couple more stops thrown in there along the way. But Houston was able to get back on it. Um, there was some weird officiating there with like a, 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 a weird technical call against Houston after a block. And um, yeah, it was that just, made no sense to me. It was like just inconsistent, which is frustrating on, on, on both ends. Um, but they called tech quite a bit on blockouts. Uh, yeah, at least three that I remember on on blocking out for a rebound. They they called tech on fouls for that. And uh, but yeah, that with a Houston player, he blocked a shot. I don't can't remember if it was McClung or whoever it was. He, I, I don't know what he did. On his way he down, did. he may have said something to the shooter. But I guess so. He had to have said something that was that bad. But his actions and. Nothing I saw or could could tell made any sense for that to be a technical. Yeah, it it wasn't like it was a very aggressive. Like he didn't make a very aggressive motion when he when he said whatever he said. No, he didn't really get in his face. He wasn't screaming it. He wasn't making any kind of demonstration. But the referee was like directly in line with with the Houston players' face. Like he was facing the Texas Tech player. The 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 Houston player that blocked the shot was facing the Texas Tech player when he said whatever he was, he said, but the referee was also in that line of sight looking back at this happen. Uh, that's probably the only, only way that that would have been called. Uh, he was, had to be like real close on top of that. Um, but, but that was that stretch where, you know, they, they were making some weird calls all game, but I swear about five to eight minutes in the second half, they just decided to really make their presence known. And, I mean, they were calling all sorts of fouls away from the ball and uh, just going to review things that I didn't think you could even freaking review. Um, Mm -hmm. They're reviewing fouls that weren't called. And yeah, McClung definitely got away with bashing the the heck out of Sasser on on a layup, but they never called that foul. And on the review is obviously a foul, but they didn't do anything because what can you do? It's already... Anyway, yeah, it was it was a weird stretch, and the refs didn't cost Tech the game at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, nothing like that. And I don't think that's what you're saying. I'm not saying it either, but uh, it, just consistency. That's all we ask for. And, you know, Houston, they tore Tech up on defense. I know at least twice Tech got a rebound, and Houston immediately just stole the ball from them. I think they did it to Shannon, and I think they did it to Santos Silva, just ripped it out of their hands the second it, it fell in. I mean, they, they're obviously coached to do that. That's great, uh, great strategy. They were 
getting turnovers all over the place. Tech had 12 turnovers in the first half. I think they ended with 18. So they really, like you mentioned already, they wrapped things up. The lead never got worse in the second half. I thought, well, that's kind of, if the lead never really gets worse, then I guess that's about the best you can hope from here on out. But then they made a game of it, you know, there for a few minutes and then just weren't able to hang on. Yeah, like they, they they didn't shoot very well in the entire game. Even though, as much as that that run in the second half helped bring them close, for the game shot thirty nine percent. They they were just miserable uh, from three. They four for eighteen, just only twenty two percent. They they got to the line a fair amount, twenty four times, but only made thirteen. I mean, that's your difference right there. You you lost the game by eleven. Uh, you missed 11 free throws. So w- without anything else, there's your difference. Houston had a 12 point lead on fast break points. So like, like all, all those, those turnovers that Michael was talking about, especially in the first half that they turned those over uh, and, and converted them into points um, and, and, and did so much more than, than Texas tech was able to do. I remember uh, Texas tech was able to, to, to steal a ball and, and you know, you're going to get one of those patented Shannon run out dunks, uh, and I think he had one, but I think he was going for another one and like ended up turning it back over. There was like a two or three turnover um, little sequence there, like in the middle of the court. It was, it was strange. Um, but we start the week, the opening week two and one um, as much as disappointed as you may be losing to Houston, Houston's a really good team. Uh, one of the better ones you're going to see even within conference play. I mean, they're right up there with, uh, Kansas, Baylor, Texas, West Virginia, uh, and obviously you, Texas Tech, in the top half of your conference. Houston w- w- would be right in that mix in the Big 12. Um, if you look at the, the Ken Palm and Haslam metrics, their preseason projections were basically spot on. Uh, after the first week, having three games under your belt, Ken Palm dropped you one spot from six to seven, where Haslam metrics moved you up three or four spots. I can't remember where they were last week. I think they were at seven. Haslam metrics has you at number three in the country right now would be best in the big 12. Um, so despise it that that loss didn't, didn't really seem to phase that, <laughs> that breaking at all. No, not at all. Um, so some other news that came out this week, St. John's, your next opponent, which would have been scheduled for Wednesday night. Uh, the second, they decided, um, that they were not going to travel to Lubbock due to concerns of COVID. Uh, it had nothing to do with anybody on the team being sick. It didn't have anything to do with anybody at Texas Tech on the men's basketball team being sick. I think it just had to do with Lubbock, the community, being in the st- state that it's in. Uh, St. John said, you know what? We'll pass. We'll play somebody else that's already up here in New York. They, there's another tournament going on. So, so they they picked up a replacement opponent in BYU what it felt like minutes after they decided not to play the game against Texas tech, which was easy. Cause it's like, Hey, you're already here. You, you can play another game. I'm, I'm sure BYU's like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and St. John's like, great. We, we get to save on the travel. We don't have to face Texas tech, which is a big thing. Um, <laughs> and they get to say, you know, it's because of COVID. I'm not saying they did it because they didn't want to play Texas tech. Um, I would certainly hope that's not the mindset of a athletic director and or basketball coach that you're not going to participate in, a tough matchup. Um, but they did exercise their, their right in saying, you know, we don't want to make that trip. 
So they didn't. Texas Tech was out, was out an opponent for 36 hours, was able to pull together and meet with the guys in Alabama and pull out an opponent in Troy that you'll play Friday night. Yes, Friday night, 8 o'clock. I think ESPN2, they've already figured mm-hmm. out the TV schedule. So that, that'll be one that you'll be able to watch. Uh, the Lady Raiders, too, they lost their... They have a game scheduled Wednesday against Vanderbilt that was just canceled today, I think. Mm-hmm. And they also had a game for the 10th scheduled against Missouri that got canceled. Of course, both of those were due to COVID issues within Missouri's and Vandy's programs, but they're going to be scrambling around too. And I, I was checking as you were talking about the St. John's cancellation, uh, as far as Lady Raider basketball Twitter goes, there hasn't been a, a reschedule of either of those, uh, you know, something to replace either of those games just yet. Yeah, I, I think the the news from Vanderbilt was kind of expected because the men's program at Vanderbilt had already canceled a couple of games, and I think they were saying probably going to be expecting the women's program to, to have to shut it down. So that wasn't too um, unsurprising. So like I said, your upcoming schedule, you got two games this week. Uh, Friday night versus Troy on the 4th. Troy is about the same level of competition as you've already seen in Northwestern State and Sam Houston State. Uh, according to Ken Palm, they're in the 290s in terms of team rankings, whereas Texas Tech is number seven. Um, adjusted offense, they're good for just under 93 points per 100 possessions, good for 307th. Adjusted D, they gave up 103 points per 100, 100 possessions, good for 253rd, whereas Texas Tech gives up only just under 86 points, which moves you up to number two in the country in adjusted defense. Um, and the tempo is about the same between those two teams. Haslametrics has this being a comfortable 27-point victory for the Red Raiders. Uh, like I said, it's very similar to what we saw in the projections for Northwestern State and Sam Houston State. Uh, in terms of those projections, um, looking back on, on Houston, just kind of not Houston, uh, and a little bit of history to give some context. Northwestern State, they said it would be an 84-54 game. You end up winning 101-58, to so they were pretty close on the Northwestern State side on the score. Much closer on the Sam Houston State, they projected an 82-54 game. You won the game 84-52. So those, <laughs> yeah, pretty close. That was pretty close. Houston, you were projected to win 67-65. Uh, they were really close on the, on the Houston score at 65, where they had to project it at 64, and you underperformed on the offensive side. Now, for Troy, like I said, 27 points, and then you uh, host Grambling State on Sunday, and they are and probably will be the worst opponent you'll face all year. Uh, Ken Palm has them rated the 330th team in the country. Uh, adjusted offense, good for 88 points per 100 possessions, good for 347th. So your number two defense versus their 347th offense. Oof. Well, not Favorable matchup. Yes. Yeah. Uh, their defense is good for 103 points per 100 possessions, uh, and their their tempo is about the same as you. Hazometrics has this as a 30-point win, 79-49 for the good guys. So... If you want to get right, have a couple of easy opponents, I guess, to kind of 
clear the mechanism, reset the mind, get back into your winning ways. You've got two games served up to you in Troy and Kremlin State this week. I like winning basketball games, and I don't even care if they're against bad opponents. <laughs> of course. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot. I like taking on bad teams in basketball a whole lot more than I like taking on bad teams in football. And I, I can't explain why. You know, that's a good point. I, I think it's because it's easier to determine who's getting, you know, what, when the second team comes out, it's just kind of easier for me to keep up with. It's hard for me to keep up when the left guard is subbed out yeah, in a blowout or something. It's easier for me to keep up with, oh, okay, there's Avery Benson. All right, okay, there, you know, there's Nadalny. Okay, here we go. Now I know who's, who's playing. Uh, it'll also be interesting to see. I know Ntombwe wasn't super in the rotation, but, uh, um, you know, just kind of how Beard handles that. If, if Tyreek Smith's going to get a little bit more play time, which I would fully mm-hmm. support, I just... I really enjoy watching him play. Um, and I just, I have a lot of hopes and aspirations for the young man. He's just really fun to watch, but you know, I mean, if a lot of people keep pointing to Agbo getting a lot of time, so just kind of wanting to see how that's going to work out a little bit. Of course, it's so early to tell. It'll be hard to, it's not going to be a massive adjustment. I don't think to see that, Oh, well, this is obviously who beard's going to roll in now that in has gone just cause it was such a short tenure. Yeah. Three games is not much to, to measure off of. And you, it's going to be hard, like, like you were saying, um, to look at, you know, who's going to take up those minutes. I mean, I would assume they were just going to split that up between Agbo and Smith. Um, and I bet, you know, as soon as McCullough's health, healthy enough and he's playing, that Smith and Agbo's minutes will return to what they were with in Tomboy. So, yeah. Um, and just a peek ahead to next week, you will host Abilene Christian on Wednesday the 9th, or at least you're scheduled to. And then Texas A&M Corpus Christi on the 12th, but I believe that game is in Dallas. Yes, it's in Frisco. It's in at Frisco. the Comerica Center. The Comerica Center. So you, you're playing a couple... Uh, opponents there on the DFW Metroplex always good for recruiting both for football and basketball um, and for fans because our fans as those of you listening know if you watch that Houston game whatever 25% of Texas Tech fans were allowed in that in that arena you could sure hear them yeah they travel so Saturday the 12th then you have a little bit of a break and you'll, you'll host Kansas the following Thursday the 17th so I've got a, a few more games before you start conference play. You'll host Kansas, then you travel to Oklahoma, then Incarnate Word, and then get really into your conference schedule. Moving on from there. All right. Speaking of Kansas, Michael, I want to go ahead and move yes. on to football. Even though we won't do the Kansas preview just yet, I want to get to football. takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25-10. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis. 
Davis Webb, the freshman. Screen underneath Derek Ward. Breaks the tackle, still running. Up the sideline. Turns on the juice. Touchdown! So Harrell in the shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He breaks. Oh, he's going higher. Red Raiders. All right, so I I hesitate to bring it up because it's nothing but rumor and conjecture and smoke and mirrors and nothing really what it is. But there, I, I wanted to get your opinion to make sure that we're on the same page here. Um, that the further we get into the season, the more I'm hearing of people in places of influence and large pocketbooks saying, you know, I think we're done with Wells. Uh, and I know just the person to replace them. And it's in Mount Pleasant, Mount Vernon, high school coach there in East Texas, Art Browse. Yeah, it, it does seem like, I mean, these rumors have cropped up a few times over the years. But I don't, I can't explain, I can't put my finger on it, but these just seem more palpable this time. And I think it's because uh, Kirby's being given a short leash with how things were handled with softball and women's basketball recently and just how the football program is trending just in general since his arrival. So I, I think there's a group of people that are upset with that. I don't think it's wise to counter how he handled player abuse of women with hiring our brows. That doesn't make any sense to me. That just seems mm-hmm. like a complete gloss over of fact and, you know, what brows is associated with. And so to hold Kirby to that and then expect him to hire this guy because you're not going to donate enough money to the school or whatever that just doesn't fly. But yeah, it seems like there's a little bit to it. I don't like it. I don't care for it at all. Um, you know, the, the possibility of him being a scapegoat, I've never even looked into it. There's a chance, I guess, but I just still remember and tech fans will remember too. Baylor was, they were a dirty team. Mm-hmm. And who was their coach? I mean, if even if you just look at it that way, I didn't care for how they conducted themselves on the field. Just in general, just just me being a guy watching a game, having no clue what was going on off the field with players, with uh, with other Baylor students. I mean, just that type of stuff was was enough for me to go, man. I don't know if if it's worth all that because I just from your screen. You could, you could get the sense that these guys were going to hit you a little bit after the whistle. They were going to enjoy it a little bit. They were going get, to get in your face. They were going to do that thing where they tackle you and they stand over you. That's, that type of crap happened all the time. And whose fault was that? But anyway, I just kind of rambled for a while. I, it does seem like there's more to it now than I'd care to, to admit. Um, and if that's the case, these guys are going to be writing some big fat checks, man, because – 
Yost still has a year left. Wells has three years left. Four. Uh, Pat, He's you, got four right. years left. Patterson has a year left. Um, Kingsbury will finally, his contract goes out the end of this month. End of December, so at least, yeah. Still getting paid. Yeah, at least Tech wouldn't be paying three coaches at the same time if they wait until January to, to do something. But it just doesn't seem... This is where Kirby Hocutt is headed. I don't see that outside of someone really pushing him to do it. And I, what would it take? You know, it, it, it's almost like an ultimatum at this point. I, I, if he's going to go against it at this point, how does he justify that based off what just happened in these other programs under his watch? You know, student safety should be important. I, I, what are your thoughts, and, man? I'm okay. going to stop. No, you, 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 you and I agree um, on all the points that you brought up so far. Uh, yeah, you, you did feel like you were playing a different team uh, when you were playing Baylor. They, they just played a little bit differently. Um, you know, I think a lot of it on offense, you could just kind of uh, write it off and, and justify it as like they were they were really stinking good on offense. Like they, they had the swagger or whatever you want to call it, the confidence. Um, but on defense, they I mean... They weren't world beaters on defense, but they uh, they were definitely showboaty. They were that they they kind of pushed the boundaries. I, I think we all kind especially, of made especially the the defensive backs. I think time. we made the joke. Yeah, I was going there that you know if, if you ever beat them in coverage, that like they weren't going to let you score. Like okay, so you you got, you got behind the cornerback, they're going to tackle you. They're not going to let you catch the ball behind you. Um, but, that they like you know if if they weren't going to beat you in coverage they were going to commit pass interference and give up the 15 yards or 10 um, and play another down, which kind of makes sense. <laughs> but like on, on, on the face of it, like you're, you're using a penalty to cover up like a, a blown play. Um, so there was that there was, you know, the, the mental gymnastics that you were referring to of, of trying to like justify bringing in a coach like Art Bryles, um, while saying, you know, while having some leverage over Hocut on how he handled allegations of player abuse, um, so it was like, well, <laughs> you're you're gonna you're gonna say you have less say over your department, Hocut, because of the way that you allowed players to be treated, and in doing so, we're gonna flex, flex our muscles and bring in a coach that allowed not only players but just students in general to be abused. Um, and I think a lot of people are either willing to accept or coercing themselves to accept that maybe Art Bryles knew less than, than what we all kind of assumed he did and that he was scapegoated. Um, and that as the, the older coach kind of towards the end of his career kind of took the fall for the younger guys, especially his son on the staff, who they had some very serious allegations against Kendall Bryles. Um, which oh, direct, direct ones, direct texts, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, things like, and I'm just referencing a news article I read earlier that he was using, um, sex to recruit players. Like he was basically pimping out students to, to get athletes on campus. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I'd, it, it would put Hocut in a weird spot. If you're going to push that that um, agenda, that like, 
you know, at least in my mind, does that kind of push him into the, um, the idea of like, okay, well, I don't have to be at Texas Tech. I'll go ahead and resign if I another job out somewhere else because he's well-respected across the country. And I don't know if he would take that kind of hit to, hit, hit to his reputation or allow him to not run the athletic department how he sees fit to run it by firing a coach that he's fully committed to, right or wrong, and, and Matt Wells, and then allow other people to dictate who the next coaches be without his input. Um, and then how the long-term effect of, you know, if Art Bryles is the next Texas Tech head football coach, what that has, um, you know, on, on Kirby Hokut's career. You know, so maybe, maybe he's like, I don't want anything to do with that. And he just resigns, which would open up the, the path for the, the donors or whoever it is in conversation to kind of push this through faster and more easier, more easily. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that theory of if, if this happens, I would be very surprised if it happens with, Co- with Hokut here. I, I think that would involve him either being asked to leave, forced to leave, or choosing to leave because he sees the direction things are headed. I, I don't see it. I don't see him going for it. I can't mm-hmm. see him explaining, you know, that this is the best for the program. Program. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I can't visualize it. So I, I'm going to try not to get too worried about it happening until something happens with him not being around. And of course the, the, the concern with all of that is, you know, if Hokut's being pushed out or if he chooses to leave, um, the kind of commitment that Beard has shown to the Hokut and how he's kind of tied the, the two of them are tied together of like, what's the long term? They're, um, they're contractually tied together. Yeah. What's the long term future of, of course, Beard of Texas Tech? If Kirby Hokut's no longer here and is the risk of hiring somebody like Art Bryles worth giving up the known quantity in Chris Beard on different well, sports. So. If, if, if you get Bryles, I would imagine Kendall would be coming up too. And then, you know, let's just, let's just speculate like crazy. And then what if Kendall's supposed to be coaching waiting? Bryles is what? 65, mm-hmm. 64. I mean, I know Saban's, almost 70, but I mean, he's, he's been there. It's not like he's starting over, you know, Mac Brown's older and he's, that's kind of an example to look at as far as age, but uh, I don't want to think about it too much, but I think we might have to a little bit. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get through this weekend first. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and see how that works. So this week, um, we, we have heard that Rico Jeffers and TJ Vasher both have suffered knee injuries. Uh, Wells mentioned that he's unsure the extent, um, but is hopeful to have either or both of them available this weekend. Uh, he did say Xavier White running back should be available this weekend despite re-injuring his shoulder against Oklahoma State. Um, and that despite the tweet from freshman quarterback Donovan Smith, he is not available and is still considered out for the season. So he will not be making an appearance this weekend versus Kansas. Um, he's fully expecting him to, to go through the, the off season, uh, and prepare for next season, be available then. So those would be your injury updates for this weekend. We did hear, uh, another game, another bowl game was canceled. Uh, it brings the total up to nine. I only have names for eight, but they did mention that nine games had been canceled uh, so far. It was the 
the Texas Bowl. The Texas I think Bowl that's canceled? the one you're mixing. Man, it's kind of a big one to miss. That was the one that was canceled today. Yeah, that was, uh, I think that was a, gosh, it had a really long streak. Not the yeah. Texas Bowl. Um, the Sun Bowl. I know I'm going to get this wrong. It's the one that's played in El Paso. Yeah, that's the Sun Bowl. Sun Bowl. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll um, be off, guys. But there was one that that was adjusted, that was moved, uh, which may be a part of this. It was the New Mexico Bowl was moved from Albuquerque, I think, to Frisco. So that may be the ninth game, excuse me. But the other nine, other eight games would, would be the Red Box Bowl, uh, the Hawaii Bowl, the Bahamas Bowl, Holiday Bowl, which is kind of a big one, the Quick Lane Bowl, Pinstripe, Sun, and Fenway. All those bowl games have been canceled. Um, you know, whether or not that has an, an impact on Texas Tech being able to get to a bowl game, I think most of those have Pac-12 slash ACC tie-ins. I know the Pinstripe Bowl rotates uh, ACC and, and Big 12, I believe, years. Is that so, the one at uh, Yankee Stadium? Yankee Stadium, and then Fenway picked up a bowl game as well. But they won't play that one. Um, you know... Assuming that that you'd probably want to keep bowls a little more regional this year, um, you know, losing the, the the Sun Bowl would would definitely hurt Texas Tech, um, and there are, there are opportunities to play at least in a, a close local game. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. I don't think we have an official word on bowl eligibility limits. Uh, I think it would be important to win this game this weekend to get to four and six. Uh, I know Rob Bro had a Pulse of the People poll where he asked if, if fans wanted to see Texas Tech play in a bowl game. Surprisingly, a lot of people said no, um, and that it wasn't worth it. Um, and that they were, they're trying to justify, like, you know, if it, if you need that, that those extra few weeks of practice, like, what are you doing? It's like, well, that's always kind of been like the main benefit of a bowl game. Like you get another exhibition, uh, another, another game on TV, but it allows you to, to be with a team and be practicing and continue to build uh, for th- like three or four weeks uh, going into bowl game, which is invaluable. You don't get such a long layover between the end of your regular season and then spring, tra- spring practice. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. 
Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, and then, obviously, monetarily, you get whatever payout the bull pays, um, which is nothing to sneeze at in a year where you're you're cutting... Uh, you know, FTEs and budgets and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was kind of torn on that because <laughs> I just, I just don't trust text chances in a bowl game right now. So that was kind of where I was thinking, no, uh, I mean, but the yes makes sense for the extra practices, but then, you know, practices for what, uh, then it'll, they play one game and then they don't play another one again for eight months. So are they going to learn a lot from those practices that they're going to remember when they suit up and put the pads on God will and everything's okay <laughs> in late August next year. So that, that was kind of my thought on it. it. It's this year just seems odd. I've, I feel like just let the kids go home maybe <laughs> or, or whatever they want to do after this. And um, cause I'm sure they've been isolated quite a bit, even more than normal during a football season. But yeah, I, I do get the extra practices a little bit more this year because you can have the exact same result, exact same roster next year. And that's the first time that that's ever really mm-hmm. happened. So, you know, you can just, it's not like you're going to be do, getting all these extra practices and these extra reps for these seniors who are about to leave. You're yeah, you've got seniors on your team, but guess what? They can come back. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that makes a, a bit of a difference uh, in the thought process there. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in the Kansas preview, seeing as this game is a, the senior, uh, the senior game, senior day. Um, but yeah, like in, in a year that like you can reasonably expect everybody to have the opportunity to come back. Uh, you can essentially count this year as a redshirt year for everybody. Um, you know, they get the, all the experience of playing this year without losing that year of eligibility. Um, it's all good things. And I, I just have a hard time saying no, whatever little bit of exposure and practice and whatever is not going to be helpful for a team moving forward. I, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I get it quickly. Like we always do. Let's look at the AP top 25, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio state, Clemson, A&M, Florida, 
Cincinnati, BYU, all unchanged, the top eight. Miami team playoff, baby. Yeah. I mean, if only they, they like, you know, on, on their, I don't know. They, if they can meet to make this happen, like this, this would the year, this would be the year to do it because I mean, the one that sticks out so far is Ohio state at only four. No. Uh, and I think the big 10 has instituted, like you have to play six games to make it into their conference championship game. Ohio state is on the verge of not being able to make it to their own conference championship game, which would obviously hinder their opportunity to make it into the playoff. In theory, it should hinder their opportunity, but I don't know if it will. You're right. So like a four, no Ohio state is ahead of an eight and one Clemson uh, and a six and one A&M and a seven, one Florida. Like these teams have played upwards of five more games than they have. Um, yeah. And uh, then you'd obviously miss out on, group of five or independents that would have a shot. This may be the only shot they would get. Uh, it would be in a year like this. Anyways, Miami hanging in there. Uh, nine, Indiana still somehow. <laughs> They're five and one at 10. Uh, Iowa State jumps up to 12 after defeating Texas in Austin this past weekend. Uh, Oklahoma moves up. Undefeated Coastal Carolina at 14. Undefeated Marshall at 15. Northwestern, USC, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State. Ironically, like weirdly, they move up two spots. No, no sorry. I, I was still thinking that they that they played Oklahoma last week. I know that they, 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 they played Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah, they won. <laughs> I was going to say, they moved up two spots after losing the game. Uh, 20th at Raging Cajuns, Louisiana Lafayette. Oregon dropped... Uh, like a sack of bricks after losing to Oregon State, went from ninth to 21st. And then Tulsa, Washington, Iowa, and Liberty breaks back into the top 25. Nine and one Liberty. They've played the most. Is, is Am I right? Have they played the most games out of anyone in the top 25? They've played, they've played no 10. No one else has played 10. Coastal Carolina's played nine. Yeah, there's several nines. BYU's no played nine. Clemson's played nine. Notre Dame's played nine. Nobody's played 10 and they're nine and one. Wow. So how crazy. And they're independent. Go Hugh Freeze. who was going to be not with Liberty in 2021, most likely after a year yeah, like there's this. A, there's a decent chance that that <laughs> is, this is going to catapult him a little bit. I'd, I'd imagine, especially with some of the openings. What do you think? Do you think he'd go to South Carolina? Think that I mean, even want him. I don't know. In terms of like proximity, that's one of the closest uh, major openings that's going to be available. Uh, it would make sense for him to get back in the SEC, um, where they would kind of be more accepting of how he runs his program. Because <laughs> we saw what he did at, at Ole Miss; they were unabashed about cheating and doing what they could to get the best recruits available. Did you know that their suspension was lifted as of? I think yesterday or today, I can't remember. Who Ole Miss? Whatever their sanctions and all that were, yeah. That fantastic. So there were there were a lot of memes floating around on Twitter of bag men showing up. Good stuff. at midnight. Yeah. Um so yeah, let's, let's let's look back on Thanksgiving week, the the Big Twelve slate of games on Friday. Like I mentioned, Iowa State went down to Austin, defeated Texas twenty-three to twenty. Um they took the lead there late. It's a close game. Um, just goes to, it cemented them. I think they're 
99% chance of making the Big 12 championship game. I don't know how they wouldn't at this point. Um, they're 7-1 in the conference, and they hold the tiebreaker over teams 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> so, like, I'm not sure how they wouldn't make the, the conference championship game. Winning in Austin certainly helped that. Um, Saturday, Texas Tech uh, was in Stillwater. You all remember that. Kansas State was down in Waco. Kansas State lost 31-32. to Good for Baylor being able to hit a game-winning field goal as time expired as it happened to them by Texas Tech. It was, it was a really similar ending. <laughs> it was really similar. Um, so that, that definitely pushes Kansas State a little further out. Uh, Oklahoma State's still alive. I think they, they need to win their last two games against Baylor and TCU. Um, and then, then they need Oklahoma to lose. I can't remember who Oklahoma plays. I think they play TCU. No, no, not TCU. They play... Um, they play West Virginia and West Virginia Baylor. And Baylor. Um, yeah. Oklahoma and West Virginia were off this week. Uh, but everybody will be back on for the fifth. And then TCU took it to Kansas 59-23 to 23 in Lawrence. Um, moves Kansas to 0-8. So... Hot and cold takes. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to maintain my Iowa State's going to win the Big 12. Um, I think they'll face Oklahoma, their most likely opponent. Um, Oklahoma's playing a lot better now than they did when they, they first played Iowa State. I would say Iowa State's also been improved, but it'll be a really interesting. Oh, sorry, not interesting. It'll be an entertaining game at least. Yeah, this is this is one of the few times because you know I've railed on the conference championship game and a round robin conference it just kind of seems it, it only makes sense in one scenario and that was the scenario of TCU Baylor and they didn't have it that year right so this this scenario i mean it it still doesn't really make a ton of sense but it's at least a game i want to see again i didn't really want to see OU and Baylor go off again last year i didn't really care but i feel like with with this team just just as you said, Iowa State's gotten better and Oklahoma has gotten better since they first played. And so I'm, I'm just kind of interested to watch them again. I feel like they're not two different teams, but improved teams, um, especially from when Oklahoma had their slump in the middle of the season. Well, yeah, so Oklahoma, you know, is, is enjoying the benefits of having Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson back, uh, who they didn't have versus Iowa State yeah. the first time. You'll probably remember this when Ramondre Stevenson uh, scored his first touchdown in the first game back against Texas Tech. He pulled up his jersey, had a handwritten note on his shirt that says, I'm back. (laughs) That was nice that he wasn't, you know, penalized for for that. Obviously pre-planned celebration, which has typically been frowned upon, but nope, not that one. No. And then Ronnie Perkins, like I said, he was the the guy that I had most issue with when they were playing Oklahoma State, uh, who was hitting guys... um, you know, Baylor-esque of the early 2010s would stand over them, would say something, and the, the officials would, would, would break them up and, and penalize, you know, Oklahoma State. Um, so this weekend, Oklahoma State is taking on TCU in Fort Worth. Uh, Texas is heading up to Manhattan to play Kansas State. Like weirdly, like in years where Kansas State has not been good, they've been really competitive against Texas. Like the that's a series that doesn't really make sense that, you know, for as many times as Texas has been 
really like the overpowering team, the, the, the heavy favorite. They, they've struggled against Kansas State in the past. I don't think they'll have a problem with them this weekend. Uh, West Virginia is traveling to Iowa State. That could be a really interesting game. Um, but I think Iowa State's defense will be able to k- maintain, uh, you know, the 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 dominance over the the Mountaineers there, especially at home on Senior Day for them. Baylor going to Norman. I don't think that's going to be a contest for the for the Bears. So nope. Oklahoma State TCU yeah. would be uh, the one game. I'm, I wouldn't. I'm not sure how it would go, uh, but I think Texas Tech wins this weekend. Uh, before we get to the, the the preview. I think Texas wins. I think Iowa State wins. I think Oklahoma wins. Yeah, pretty sure. And, and you know, those first three games you mentioned are all at 11. So everybody be switching around between Fox, FS2, and ESPN2. Got three Big 12 games at 11. I didn't realize that. So in the Rob Bros College Football tailgate, we might be flipping around during commercials and, and live, not live tweeting, live radioing the games. Live reacting. Radio. Yeah, Live reacting, um, guys. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to remind y'all about something. Oh yeah, the wait's finally over. <laughs> yeah, it is. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. And if you were in on the Oklahoma State minus eleven, ouch! Whoa! How about the running back deciding to take a knee? at the two yard line and how about tech coming up with that backdoor cover after going down like three scores. So if you had tech plus 11, like we did, then uh, you might want to get back on there and make another wager. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to bet online today. Use promo code armchair to take advantages of all of the great signup bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the 23 personal podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Guys, jingle balls to the walls. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. And of course, I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. This package is filled out with the Lawnmower 3.0, has proprietary skin safe technology. So this trimmer cuts um, only what it's supposed to. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you do anywhere else. That's nasty. The package 3.0 also includes crop preserver, anti-chafing deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Speaking of sweaty other parts of your body, (laughs) I'm thankful in this season of gratitude, Michael, as we wrap up Thanksgiving for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, Keeps me from sweating, smelling, and sticking. Yeah, that's right. I, w- I wanted to check in. Did did you mention that is what you were thankful for at the table? You know, you said you would. It wasn't on my table, but we did have a, a banner in our house where we wrote the things down that we were thankful for. Manscaped was on that list. Hell yeah, it was. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all 
day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code armchair. Your balls will thank you. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Let's do get into our Kansas preview. It is senior day. Matt Wells mentioned he will be honoring all 17 seniors that are on the roster, regardless of their plans for 2021. He did say some are planning to return. Some are planning to enter the NFL draft waters preparation for the draft. And some are unsure. He said that doesn't matter. Um, we're going to just honor all 17 of them on senior day. So that makes the most sense. It and, does. And that way they don't feel pressured to make a decision right then. You know, they may. Yeah. It just, that's the only way to really do it. So pregame celebration, uh, Texas tech, like I said, honoring 17 seniors, you will be playing. O and eight Kansas Jayhawks. Their their last win, Michael. Mm-hmm. October 26th, 2019. What were we doing that day? We were losing to the Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they are 0-12 right. since defeating you a year ago. That's well, you know, it's the highlight of their season. Uh, they, since then they've also one too, lost apparently. their their star all big 12 running back who mm-hmm. did he opt out or did he just transfer or what he, he just he opted out he opted out but what, like in the middle in maybe yeah, like in the middle of the season he's like oh, i'm done very much like joel and He's like i'm in i play a little bit beside mom it's not for me yeah i you know there's not a whole lot to say about kansas i'm sure we'll still probably talk about it for 20 minutes somehow but they're not good, Spencer. They've uh, their offense averages sixteen points per game. You know, seeing that, I feel pretty confident that Texas Tech will be able to put up at least seventeen points on offense. Oh yeah, I mean we're talking we're talking in the high teens on offense. Um, passing, they've got three quarterbacks. McVitie, I think, is a guy that's just come in a few times, so he doesn't really count. But Daniels and Kendrick are doing the majority of it. They they have a fifty four percent completion rate. But somehow when they connect, 9.3 yards per catch. That doesn't make any sense to me. Especially doesn't make sense when there's only 161 yards per game. So the passing attack is not something to worry about. Uh, rushing, as you'd already, we've already mentioned, Puka Williams is gone. Uh, RB1 is currently Amari Pisak Hickson who that's pretty recent because Velton Gardner hasn't played since Halloween. Um, he got the majority of the carries and until then. And as a team, they average 2.7 yards per carry, 104 yards per game. I mean, the, just offense is not great. Um, In eight games, they've scored 15 touchdowns. Yeah. On offense. Well, at least on offense. Yeah. yeah. I think they've had some punt returns. I know Puka Williams had that one that Gus Johnson slept through. Yeah, he did. At the end of that <laughs> West Virginia game. Yeah, um, so they're, they're like they're 161 yards passing at 9.3 yards per completion. That means they're completing 17 passes a game. 
That's not good. If they're rushing for under three yards a carry. Yeah, as a team. As a team. Now, you mentioned Felton Gardner. um, People that, Texas Tech fans that follow recruiting will know that he was committed to Texas Tech for a long time. Decommitted and followed Emmett Jones uh, up to Manhattan. And had been doing pretty well. Uh, You know, carrying four and a half yards per carry, 362 yards in the season, uh, but is out with the injury. But yeah, as a team, 2.7 yards per carry, 15 combined touchdowns. Whoa. Yeah, the the two running backs, you know, Gardner and Pisek Hickson, they average 4.5 and 4.4 yards per carry. So they're pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously the team yards per carry includes sacks and everything else. So that makes it even worse. And uh, it definitely didn't help when they, they had to play with that patchwork offensive line against Oklahoma when they gave up like a school record number of sacks. And it was like probably just dangerously um, just a bad idea to play that game. Yeah. And speaking of dangerous last year, tech was really torched by three wide receivers as uh, Stefan Robinson, Jr. Andrew Parchment and Kwame Lasseter. Now, now Robinson Jr. At least I don't want to say fortunately, cause that's not the way to say it. <laughs> Robinson Jr. Is injured and he only played two games this year. So he is not going to be available. Obviously this week, Parchment of course, is there, but he's not nearly doing what he was able to do last year uh, with, you know, the new quarterbacks with Daniels throwing most of the passes to him. So wide receiver one so far this year is actually Kwame Lasseter, uh, who's got 38 catches, 440 yards, two touchdowns, 11.6 yards per catch. I mean, these, these receivers, when they finally connect with the receiver, they're usually pretty open or they usually are able to, to make a play. So not too surprising based off what we saw last year, because I wanted to just remind y'all a little bit Robinson jr. Who fortunately is not going, not fortunately, man, I did it again. (laughs) I'm serious. I don't want to even joke about him being injured. Um, He will not be playing, but last year he torched, absolutely torched Texas tech had six receptions, six, for 186 yards, he had two touchdowns. He had a 65-yarder among that. Yeah, Parchment that, was seven for 109 so last year. Robinson Jr., he averaged 31 yards per catch yeah. in, in the game against Tech last year. Parchment, you said, like you were going to say, seven catches for 109 yards. He has 197 yards on the season this year. He had 109 in the game last year. Yes. Uh, including a 70-yard bomb. Uh, Kwame Lasseter was 8 for 75 yards last year. So these guys can make plays if they are if their quarterback is one given time to throw the ball and can make an accurate throw. That has not been the case this year. No, especially when you look at their third. Like I don't know how you can be this bad on third down. 23%. Yeah, 23%. I, I remember seeing a drive summary, I think, last week. It was three, three and outs and a fumble or something like that, just all in a row. So th- they obviously have some issues. Red zone score, really not bad. 73% of the time, it's just they're probably not getting there. The offense just probably can't physically get the ball to the red zone. But 73% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> they get something. They get something on the scoreboard. Defense, also bad. Yes. They're giving up 50 points a game. 
No, yeah, it was the hair under. It was like forty nine point eight. So I just was like, oh, Ed, that's fifty. That's fitty. <laughs> that's a fitty burger. That's a fitty burger. Um, even in the depths of the Kingsbury terrible defense years, you were never giving up fifty points a game. Um, they give up 230 rushing yards a game at 5.7 yards per carry. That, that does sound like a Texas Tech defense from like five years ago. Yeah. Um, 236 or passing last yards. Weekend. <laughs> or last weekend. Or last, last weekend. 236 passing yards. And I don't think it's because they're that much better on pass defense. I think it's just because teams are running out the clock, running for 230 yards, that they're just not racking up a lot of pass yards because they don't have to. Uh, yeah. But they give up 13 yards per completion. 236 passing yards, 13 yards per completion. The line, Michael, minus 27. Texas Tech minus 27. This is obviously you're going to be your biggest uh, favorite, your, your biggest line of the year. You're favored more in this game versus Kansas than Oklahoma was against you. Somehow, some way. I wonder, do you remember where, where Tech was favored against Houston Baptist? I'm going to try to find that out. I don't... I don't, I don't think it was 27. Uh, it was in the twenties, I believe. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was up there, but it, like you said, it, I don't think it was 27. Um, let me see. I'm trying to find it and waste time as I do. No, I don't, I actually don't know where to go. Sometimes when I try to find games that have happened, finding the line is impossible for me because I'm a noob. But yeah, Tech is is uh, favored minus twenty seven, and I haven't seen your score yet. I just put it in, but you just put it in. Okay, and we're we're on about the same page. I I am picking Tech to win and cover. I'm picking them to win big. This this offense, we saw this offense put up forty four points on the road in Stillwater. There's no way they can't do more than that. So uh, I'm going to go fifty one eighteen. Texas Tech, uh, that would also put them over the points total of 64 and a half, just barely. But I, I think Tech's going to cover on this. This offense can score, and they should be able to score on Kansas's defense. And that's just it. That's just all I'm going with. I'm not going to act like, oh, well, you know, there's a chance that what if – I'm not going to act like that. Not this Tech year. Wins. Tech wins huge. They, they don't have the ability on offense this year to make this a game. Definitely not on, on defense. This is going to be a Texas Tech uh, blowout start to finish. Now, I, I think because um, we've seen Yost and Wells and whoever's involved in play calling and game planning um, not afraid to run the ball, I think you'll see Texas Tech try to run the ball. I think you'll try to see him get 200-plus yards rushing, I think that'll shorten the game. I think it'll lower Texas Tech's point total a little bit, at least under what Michael's predicting. I'm, I'm saying about what you scored last week, but not not out of necessity. I think Texas Tech scores 45 uh, and holds Kansas to 17 or fewer. I think 17 is probably their 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 max here, which is about what they average per game. Um, so this is a Texas Tech cover by one point, but I think it's a I think you hit the under. Um, unless you have just a bunch of breakaway plays that, you know, where you don't, you don't have, you have a couple of drives that are, you score pretty quickly on, um, instead of long uh, extended drives where you're kind of eating up the clock a little bit. So I think Texas Tech wins, uh, comfortably 45, 17, a cover, but an under. 
Yeah. And you know, that doesn't sound crazy to me. I basically just kind of took their average, what they allow versus, I mean, really they allow 50 and they allow, and they score 16. So I was like, ah, 51, 18. That sounds about right. I mean, it blows my mind that their defense gives up 50 points a game. Yes. And, but you're, you bring up a great point because Wells is not someone who's known for just running up the score. They will, at least not here. I have not gone through every bit of trivia for Utah State or anything, but I mean, that that's a great point. If, if Tech's up 45 to 18 or something or 45 to 21 or whatever it is, halfway through the fourth quarter, they may just jog down the field and kick a field goal or something. I, I don't think they're going to be so super cutthroat about it. But I don't want to be the guy that's, oh, I don't know, that Kansas, that Kansas is, is not a good team this year. They have lost 12 in a row. Tech will be able to take care of business. So help me God. <laughs> if they don't, I don't think you see Matt Wells survive the week. Probably not. I don't know. It, it would be uh, hard to hold, hold back the mob if he was able to figure out a way to lose to Kansas twice, especially with a Kansas team that is this bad. Now we thought Kansas was bad last year. Comparing this team to last year's team night and day, this team is much worse. Somehow, somehow less miles has made this team worse. Um, He's eating too much in the grass. So I want to wrap it up and get to what we learned, Michael. What did we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I learned something this week, and it's changed the way I eat ramen noodles. Talk to me, Goose. I don't eat very many of them. I don't do it very often. Uh, Me neither. It's a thing I never buy, so that's why I'm interested in hearing this. It may make me buy them. Well, so here's the thing. Um, You know, if you have the package of ramen noodles, like they're, you know, you cook them, they're noodles, or they're just bland. Uh, The seasoning is so-so. But... In taking a piece of a recipe for some, some someone that was making like a legit bowl of ramen noodles, I, I I took a piece of this and applied it to the prepackaged ramen I had at the house, and it's something that you all probably have at the home. I think if you try this, you will be like, hmm, that's the way to eat ramen noodles going forward. N- not not that this is going to make you eat ramen noodles more often, but when you do, be like, just take the extra little tiny bit of effort it's not even that much effort a little bit of effort and this and this elevates a really crappy ramen dish into something that's mostly edible and what i'm talking about is hot chili oil now oh oh okay all right so i don't even know this was a thing hot chili oil i've seen like the paste and i've seen sauce and all sorts of stuff well no so you make it yourself so oh while your water and noodles are boiling you warm up like maybe a tablespoon of like vegetable or canola oil. Um, and then you, in a small bowl or in the bowl, you're going to, you know, mix up your, your other, you know, your main dish here. You just put some, the, the red chili flakes. Um, you can put in a little bit of cayenne if you want a little more, more, more heat. Uh, but definitely like um, the equivalent of a clove of minced garlic. So like a, like a half teaspoon or whatever it is that, that works out to me. Um, you get the oil hot, not like smoking hot. That, that's too hot. You pour it over and it'll sizzle the, the peppers and kind of cook them a little bit. But what it does is it, um, 
especially the garlic, it gets that everything fragrant. Mm. So like, you, you know, like right when you're starting to, to, to cook, um, garlic in, in, in a dish or whatever, you, you don't cook it too long to where you burn it or anything. You get it to where you can really start to smell it. And then you, you add the rest of the stuff into the pan. That's basically what you're doing here, but it works on both the garlic and the peppers. And then you pour that mixture, that oil, peppers, garlic mixture into your noodles. One, obviously you get the, a much better flavor from the, the garlic and the noodles than just putting that in the, the water itself. Um, but it also changes the feel of the noodles. It has more of like a chow mein, like legit Chinese style dish. It's a little heavier, obviously, with just a little bit of extra oil, but it tastes a thousand times better. It is so easy. Man, that is a, that is a top tip, my friend. Hot chili oil. You, you heat up just a little bit of oil, pour it over some red chili flakes. Uh, it, it will sizzle, and then you just make your ramen on top of it and mix it all in. So I'm good. sorry if I missed this, but do you use olive oil? Uh, n- yeah, I, I guess you could, but you got to be careful because olive oil just it, it doesn't withstand heat as well as like a vegetable or a, a canola oil. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. So you're not really going for flavor. Yeah. You're not going for flavor from the oil. You're just using it to kind of make the the spices fragrant. Yeah. What is it? The, is it pectin? Am I making something up? Is that a word I made up? I don't know. Pectin. Tough actin, tenactin. Whatever the stuff is, the, the kind of the essence of whatever makes things hot. No, that's capsaicin. Capsaicin. Pectin is yeah. the gelatinous polysaccharide that is present in ripe fruits and extracted for use as setting agent in jams and jellies. So I was not even almost right. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> not even close. So what about you? What okay. did you learn? I learned, uh, we went through a closet this weekend and there, it was a closet with all of my stuff. I had so much junk in there and I got rid of a lot of things. And I am in the process of selling my old PS3 and my old Xbox 360. I currently have the Xbox One S and I'm in the market for an Xbox Series X whenever those become available in the next three years. So you but, didn't, you weren't successful last week when they opened up? Oh, oh no. <laughs> it was, it was laughable. Uh, they, yeah, they, Walmart did the, it was at the very end of, I forget which tech basketball game. It was their first one. It was at the very end of that game at eight o'clock. Some Xbox Series X's supposedly went live on Walmart's website. And yeah, they were, I couldn't get it to go in my cart. The site wouldn't load. I had to reload it over and over. And then all of a sudden uh, the items out of stock. So it just went about like I thought. The, The thing I noticed though, is now that I'm trying to sell these two, because they've just been in storage for four years now, that... I thought, well, I need to reformat them, get any personal data off of them, get my screen, my handle off of them or whatever. So I plugged the PS3 in, went through the process of that and thought, ah, this'll, this'll be great. No, no big deal. I, I had to log into my PSN account, remove it from, remove that device from my account or deactivate it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I did a system, you know, a system reboot three and a half hours. Ooh. Three and a half hours that thing ran. So luckily I started it right before the game started. And then about the fourth quarter, I remembered to check it and it was done. I checked it a few times actually. And I think there was 15 minutes left at some point in the third. 
So yeah, it took a while. Um, and then I thought, Oh great. Now I've still got the 360 to do. 360 took like 10 seconds. <laughs> I don't know why, why it wouldn't take that long just to, just to wipe the hard drive. That's exactly that's, what they did. That's, that's what the 360 did. It just was, Oh, you want to, you want to wipe the hard drive and start over? It's like, yeah. Are you sure you want to do that? Enter <laughs> yeah. your serial number. Like, okay, I guess that's fine. And then boom, it was, it was done. And you know, my login profile wasn't on there. My old games, all that other stuff wasn't on there. I was like, oh, okay, all right, that's it. So anyway, for those of you who are getting with the times like me talking about gaming systems that are now 20 years old, when you reset your PS3, give it a minute. But when you <laughs> reset your Xbox 360, just do it right before the, the dude's coming over to pay you and you'll be fine. Yeah. The other thing I want to get to really quickly is back on food. Um, we oh, had okay. A, yeah. We had Always. A, a grocery pickup order mishap with one of the, was just with the new grocer in town. Uh, and it pushed us back to using Walmart for, for, for at least the time being. Um, bad. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. Like apparently they had a system outage. It like crashed and like they, they didn't lose orders, but like it backed up everybody's orders by several hours and they couldn't tell you when your order be ready, but it was soon. And I got there and I checked in like, it'll be 10 minutes. And I left an hour and a half later without my groceries. Anyways. Oh man. And then I went across the street and bought everything in person, which was frustrating. Um, anyways, for some reason I got it in my head. I wanted spinach artichoke dip and I was going to get it from AGB and try it. Didn't work because we didn't order anything from them. But I got the, the market side, you know, Walmart brand of the pre-made stuff from them in a box of like uh, house, what, I don't know the brand, uh, sea salt pita chips. Mm. My dude. Like for, for as much crap as Walmart can get, like that was a fantastic spinach and artichoke dip. I'm going back for more. Man, okay, they make, do you like hummus at all? Sometimes, I mean, it's, it's not my go-to dip. If it's there, I, 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 might, I might get it, but like no, I wouldn't go out and purposely purchase it for myself. I, I totally do that. I, I really enjoy hummus. And my wife's gotten to where she makes really good hummus, so I've gotten spoiled to that. But Walmart has, as soon as you said pita chips, I, I thought hummus because that's where mm -hmm. my head always goes. They have like this jalapeno black bean hummus that is their brand, you know, markets, whatever it is, yeah. or I don't know what it's called. Highly recommend. That's a, that's a good hummus. And it's it's black beans. You may want to check your teeth after you've eaten it. <laughs> Clear it out. <laughs> yeah, it kind of gets everywhere. But uh, it's it's really, it's kind of got a little zip to it. Um, and the fact that it's black beans kind of makes you feel a little, uh, you know, Frito dip Texan <laughs> going on there yeah. with it too. So it's, it's, it's a good one uh, as far as their dips go. Yeah, like I said, I, I would recommend the spinach artichoke dip. Uh, and, and for some reason for us, it, it may just be like more of a tradition. Like we, we only really get into this around Christmas. Like it, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot like a, like a winter dip for us. It's, it's uh, snack season, but it's, it's, it's good stuff, man. Um, so yeah, looking forward to the game this weekend. Um, if for nothing else, just revenge against Kansas to continue their, their losing ways, <laughs> the Jayhawks losing ways, um, pay him back for that wacky blocked field goal fumble made field goal into last year's game um looking forward to to watching at least the, the first quarter or so in the studio with you and rob um and the other games that are going on but 
for for Michael. That'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We'll be back on Saturday to give you an instant reaction over the Kansas, or after the Kansas game. Uh, we'll probably also talk about the game against Troy that would happen on Friday night. Um, but yeah, so for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.